When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. scary you bet Pittsburgh Comic Con type of weekend. I'm on my way there now as we speak or as you listen. I'm probably there. Uh, a couple things here. We have a very special guest tonight, today, whenever you're listening. Sugar Ransom. And definitely tune in. I, I like to say she's a great musician. You're in for some great music as well. We're going to kick things off with Never Not Broken. Uh, that's one of several songs you hear on this particular show. And she's a very charming person. She'll be on very shortly. And uh, you heard a little promo before this for a little book called The Fall of Tomorrow, which is out right now. That was my debut novel. If you like your monsters, you like your apocalyptic tales, sort of, um, give me a shot. Check it out, Amazon.com, or go to FairlyDarkProductions.com. Another release that came out actually last week. One of our makers of the, the podcasting, uh, Society 13 network, of course, back in the Red Horse Radio days. Well, John Towers, Dr. John Towers has a book out right now. The Books of the New Apocrypha. Okay. The Jin Jihad is what it's called. Look it up. Graphic novel. Amazing stuff. Incredible art. Great story. Terribly original. And to look it up. Jin Jihad. Not everybody, not everybody knows how to spell this. 
D J I N N, first word, Jin. Jihad, you should know that by now. J I H A A D, the books of the new Apocrypha. All right, I'm telling you right now, check it out. Both are out right now, and with that in mind, let's hear some Sugar Ransom before you actually hear Sugar Ransom. And thanks for listening. Welcome to KWR. I'm Dave. Some of you know that. Some of you don't. Some of you don't care. We have a newcomer to the <laughs> show. <laughs> and uh, I want to have to say compliments to my buddy and yours. Uh, Dave Barsky has introduced me to Sugar Ransom, who I'm honored to have on the show. And if she, I guess, think you're in Milwaukee right now, right? I am in Milwaukee right now, yep. But not a native of Milwaukee, right? Is it Florida? Yeah, I was born in Florida, yeah. Okay, well, I've been trying to keep up with your antics here. It's not the easiest thing to do, but it's definitely fun. 
Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, in, I had a crash course in Sugar Ransom, and uh, about a month ago, I started listening to just about everything you had out there. And you have, as far as I see here, uh, you have the four-song EP, and that's my dog in the background. Once again, part of the show. That's Jet Marie, named after Paul McCartney's song. Hey, what can I tell you? She's on every show that we try, well, we try to get her to speak, but right now, you know, she's going to go off the wall, but what can I say? Okay. Anyway, so a four-song EP, Shine On, Shadow, and mm. that was first before your full-length album, 2014, Mary Hunt, I believe? Mercy, Mercy Hunt. Mercy Hunt. Oh, my God. Mary Hunt. <laughs> Mary Hunt. At least Hunt. you made the first mistake. Yeah. It's, no, actually, my dog threw me off there. I knew it was Mercy oh, Hunt because okay. I actually own the album now. I can't believe I said Mary Hunt. Is that going to be like the happy sequel? <laughs> Anyway, so, all right, if we're going to explain Sugar Ransom, um, they claim you're folk American. Do you say that? Um, I, I don't, I never know what to say. Lately, I've just been calling it Suicide Western because that sounds funny. Um, sound yeah, funny. I, the whole, whole genre <laughs> thing just always kind of, it's like a thing that I just play with now because it's, folk is really general and so is Americana, so. Yes. I, well, I have, I had a guest on here. His name's Bill uh, Smith, who's going to be a huge fan of yours. And he creates what he calls American music. And, I mean, in the vein of, if you want to go as far back as, you know, like, say, the band America, Ventura Highway, all that fun stuff. Uh, great stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Bob Dylan, you go back that far, and then you got folk music. But, yeah, he calls it American music. He's very similar to what you do. So that's how I relate to it. And he would he's going to be your biggest fan after he listens to this. Oh. And I'll introduce oh. you to at some point. Oh, trust me. Yeah, you guys are kind of on, on par. Bill Smith, you look on my Facebook, you'll find him. But um, okay. now, uh, again, Dave Barsky, where do your roots go? How did you meet him? Uh, was it during the Flying Medusa days in Milwaukee or concert promoting no i actually i met him uh, kind of recently i was in in milwaukee in town and just went to a show one night and um and met him and then um we all hung out with the band after um and, you know because i was friends with the guy that had booked the show and so we were all just hanging out and i mentioned that i was going to be in pittsburgh and wanted to stay for a while and he's like oh i have contacts in pittsburgh yes um because i just i'd sang them some songs you know so um yeah he was, that's, yeah that's he it. was very impressed <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah sorry i missed you in pittsburgh i mean that was a matter of time of course the one time you're here is the one time that i was away uh well i shouldn't say that it's been a busy couple of months for me but yeah sorry i missed you oh that's all right what happened in pittsburgh what, what what did you you did a show yeah i did a couple shows um i was on tour with brett newski and he was going to be leaving and going on tour as a support act for um pete donnelly and uh so I was originally just, I, well, originally I wasn't sure if I was going to go back to Milwaukee or back to Florida or what, what I was going to do. So I kind of really procrastinated buying any kind of ticket out of there. And then I was like, well, I'll be there. I mean, I can find people to count. Like I may as well just explore Pittsburgh for a couple of days. There's no reason not to. Um, so I did that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, um, we kicked off the show with Never Not Broken, which I think is a phenomenal song. And um, I, you want to tell me a little bit about where that comes from? Um, well, you know, there's the Hindu goddess of never not broken, and, and it's just sort of the whole cycle of perpetual. I mean, that's a lot of what Mercy Hunt, that record is about, is perpetual death and rebirth and constant transformation um, and just really cyclical things. I mean, it was kind of my debut full length, so I didn't touch very much on the fact that it was kind of a concept album, but I can't really make... You know, I can't really throw like nine songs together without them making some sort of sense together. So it was kind of. 
I completely agree. And I actually saw that um, in a way we are kindred spirits when it comes to not wanting a theme, but a theme actually happens. Uh, I, I never like when it comes to writing. I never you, you never set out to write a love story, but it can happen by mistake all of a sudden in the yes. writing. You know, and, and that, those are the best. I mean, that's it comes from raw emotion, real place. And um, yeah, I, I mm-hmm. did find a common theme. I didn't want to say anything. I wanted to hear you say it first. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, did you start off as a cover artist, um, or were you always original in the beginning? When before you started covering, like say you have that Leonard Cohen song, which is amazing. I got to watch that too. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I as soon as I picked up a guitar, I started writing songs. I mean, I'd grown up playing music. Um, and, you know, covering songs is part of how I learned how to play instruments, you know, but, um, but I've always been original. I got that feeling. Pretty much. I throw covers around here and there. Like if, if I feel like I'm losing the audience, I'll, I'll play a cover song to get their attention back. <laughs> well, that's probably a good tactic, but uh, yeah, I, the, the Leonard Cohen song was just amazing. Uh, you can watch that on YouTube, folks. Um, what is it? Uh, uh Blue Raincoat. Yeah, famous, famous blue, blue raincoat. Yeah, I'm a fan. I actually, I, I know, I love when girls tr- cover Leonard Cohen. I, I'm a Concrete Blonde fan, and God is a Bullet. Are you familiar with that one? Uh-uh. Uh, well, check that out sometime. Yeah, she, yeah. Uh, Jeanette Napolitano, Concrete Blonde, goes back to the late '80s, early '90s, and she's still playing these days. But yeah, I, he's just a huge influence among, I want to say, folk and rock singers. And I was really, I I was amazed to see that. And you had a little video as well on YouTube, which was kind of cool. Are there any covers or songs that you're intimidated intimidated by that you would not try? Or you did try and you're like, ah, I can't do this. Um, and no, that hasn't happened yet. I mean, maybe like there's some that I just do just to learn them, just to sort of like absorb like whatever it is in them that I, that I like. I mean, I won't necessarily do them for a live show. It depends kind of, um, if I'm playing with my band or by myself, that kind of can decide what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do, you know, mm-hmm. cause there's, there's some part where it's like, yes, I should push my limits, but then there's like reason and like engaging, you know, whether or not you can still engage the audience. Like when I, because when I play solo gigs, all I've got is like my voice and a guitar. So, like, and I, I like how limiting that can be. Yeah, very know? stripped down um, to the point. Yes. Yeah, but I don't do like really heavy songs when I'm just me with an acoustic guitar because that's not. I feel like it's just not the, quite the time and place for that. When I have a full band, I'll do. You know, <laughs> I like to sort of go all out, but. I was going to hit on that too, but I was watching a little footage from a Tampa radio station that you're at and they seemed <laughs> surprised that you were uh, emotional at the end of the song. And I'm like, how could you not be after playing that song? Like they didn't know how to take you and you almost didn't know how to answer them. And I thought that was kind of funny. It was a very real moment in rock. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Yeah, you can look that up. It's uh, also on YouTube. The, what was it? Tampa 88 something radio station. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, 88.5. Oh, man, I'm so bad at remember. That's There's all right. Too many cities and too many... <laughs> but it was WMNF. I remember that. There you go. That Yep. And you pretty much did your thing, and they were taken aback. They didn't even know how to address you afterwards, and you were just kind of like, yeah, of course I'm emotional. Jeez. Yeah, like, um, this is one of the saddest songs ever. <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as, was it family um, that influenced you musically, or friends, or just picking up your dad's 45s, or, you know, listening to the mom sing to the radio? What what exactly got you into all this? Well, it was, 
I mean, I, my dad was a musician, so I took piano lessons when I was really young. And I mean, that was sort of part of what my family did was, was that we all played music and we all sang. And we all like when I'm with them, we all sing harmony. I didn't know that that was like weird or that it wasn't like the norm until someone like pointed out like you know other people's families don't sing all the time and i was like what why not <laughs> no, I, I understand we we did that in my family my dad was in a in the 50s into the 60s he's a drummer in a band and he could also sing and play bass but um it was, it was 50s doo-wop and going into towards beatles type stuff so that happened in my house and we played a 45s that he would play you know so i learned from basically the the easiest of rock and roll, but also the most purest of rock and roll to appreciate music. It always comes back to the Beatles, as far as I'm concerned. But that's just me. Uh, where do you stand with, like, classic rock yeah. or even, like, I mean, stuff older than us? Uh, I'm older than you by twice, I think. Oh, do you, how old you? Yeah, do you listen to, like, any Beatles? Let's go as far back as 50s, 60s, 70s in no, your case. I do. I mean, I listen to tons of old music. Um, just, I guess, like... That's just that's always resonated with me the most because like before like before rock stars sort of you know totally took over you know mm-hmm. um, and uh, I mean yeah I lis- I try to listen to like current music as much as you know I try to just listen to everything as much yes. as I can but I do prefer older music like I'm really into Etta James and um, Louis Armstrong you know and just going like. And I've sort of explained it to people before. We're like, I really want to learn from like the people who who like wrote and performed things that that stood the test of time, you know. And yes. I, it's hard to tell that kind of with with newer stuff. And there's a lot of trends that happen that even if you're involved in them, you can't tell sometimes that you're um, in this trend. Exactly. It's just happening. And, it's that's very true. And if you don't know you're in it, then it's probably even better that way. Um, cause then you're not trying to, you're just doing your thing and not trying to, uh, you know, become <laughs> part of the trend, right. you know, yeah. you're creating your own and in a way I, from what I've seen, you pretty much are your own person. There are, you, there are people you can be compared to, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't do you justice at all. Really. Um, would you say, and I, I, this is what I really am curious about this, that your music is built more on places and feelings rather than like, uh, like places and feelings and time rather than a simple storytelling, um, it seems like yours, your songs are more soulful and more feeling than just you're just telling the story about a person and, you know, and a happening. Well, I think it's part, I mean, it's a little bit of both. I mean, it's, and most of the songs, like, they are a story, but it's, it's like not one story, it's several stories that yes. I just turned into one. But I always try to, I mean, and I'm a, I'm a writer too, and, and there's just something about, you know, a setting, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, laying out the setting and I, I like to do that with the sound and that's why I like playing with the band because I can you know sort of create a scene and then tell the story into it and it is a lot about feelings more than just like you know a timeline of events yes that's yeah that's all I that's how I listening to it I just and even looking at the album cover um for Mercy Hunt it was like you get a feeling from that. I just, and it, it provokes a feeling that's real. Like, it's, it's real writing. There's a difference between that and just, you know, what your, your, uh, your Bon, I hate to say it, guys, but yeah, your Bon Jovi's and your Britney Spears, mm-hmm. like, and basically all this, you know, convoluted bullshit that, you know, people just, they have all these writers writing for them, and it just, I, I, I can't, you could tell the difference between something that's pure and something that's just been, uh, created by 20 screenwriters, you know, just, it doesn't, that right. doesn't hold up. Um, I'm going to play a song right now, and I'm actually picking one right now for our second song. Um, I, Lost okay. Dreams sticks out for me. Okay. Yeah, where are you with Lost Dreams? Um, 
that one's pretty close to close to my heart. I wrote that for um, a lover who was was like losing his mind, and and I knew that he was losing his mind, but I like there was no way for me to um, make him understand that, you know, because it, you know when you're losing your mind, you, you don't know, and um, it was really. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was incredibly difficult because I loved him very much, um, and I knew that I was, like, losing him. And I also knew that he was, like, losing himself. Um, and I, like, read this story. The Iroquois had this idea that um, you didn't have one soul, you had many souls, but mm-hmm. that you could lose some of them. And so they had these shamans that would go into your dreams and try to convince, you know, these lost dreams mm-hmm. that you had. You know, it was like you, when people gave up on their dreams, you stopped dancing and got you know, just lost the parts of themselves. They would try to go in and convince the dreams to come back to the person. But a lot of times they would be scared, you know, because they'd been rejected or left behind by the, you know, the person in, in their heart, you know. And so that's that's kind of what, what's, that was a little bit of my mourning process as that was going on. It won't surprise you to know that I knew what I was getting into when I asked a question about that one. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's very heavy. That's very strong and very um, uh, bold of you to write that and then talk about it. Uh, really, I was expecting you to say, "I don't want to talk about that," <laughs> but <laughs> I, I appreciate you doing that. Okay, well, let's let the audience judge right now for themselves. We're gonna play Lost Dreams. I'm here with Sugar Ransom, and hang on, we're gonna be right back.
Lost Dreams. I'm here with Sugar Ransom, and honored to be. I'm honored to have her on right now, and she she's out there, right? Say hi. I'm here, <laughs> and the honor's all mine. <laughs> and I, I was telling her off air where I was la- having a laugh at her page, or I guess I saw it on her Facebook page because I scour that for videos and everything else. And um, she was contemplating pouring whiskey in her coffee one day, and <laughs> and what was that? You put it out there. Should I? And and what happened when you asked no, everybody? I, uh, it- I wrote it, reasons not to pour whiskey in my coffee, and then I just put, you know, the letter one and left it there. And no one, no one had any reasons. Nobody gave you a reason. Oh, there was one that said, you you know, like. (laughs) So one of your friends said they'd like it pure. Why would you put coffee in your whiskey type of thing? Um, we, we did a show here. I did a show way back with a writer in Canada, uh, Mandy DeGate, and, and, um, it was called Too Early for Whiskey. We, we actually recorded it five or six in the morning and we were doing, uh, the best of, uh, the year before and things, do's and don'ts in the new year. Meanwhile, yeah, we had our little Irish coffees in the morning. And <laughs> uh, yeah, Too Early for Whiskey. So I got a kick out of you, uh, posting that. Now, I, this is a, a big one because I, I watch you when you play and everybody can if they go to YouTube. Um, you, you, do you find relief in your writing, performing, um, with your music or do you find that you're hungry to move on to the next song? Like you're never satiated. Um, I think a little bit of both. Like I find, I mean, each, every song has something different in it for me, you know? So there's a relief. I mean, I'm, I get real cranky when I'm not performing often (laughs) enough. So I know that I have a lot of relief in doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to hear. Because I could see the energy leave you <laughs> when you're singing. Yeah. And that's a real thing, and only real artists have that. And some of them, I mean, you can take your Phil Anselmo's, they have to pound something on the stage to get that out, and it's never enough. And then you have, you know, just I, people that just deflate on stage, and it's it's real in both cases. You know, and I, I, I watch you, and, you know, I'm curious, where do you go after that one song? Because I haven't seen you live yet. I mean, do you, <laughs> you pick up the pieces and roll on, or do you, like, grit your teeth? Or you, I mean, are you already just exhausted after five songs? No, I, I mean, I, I actually prefer playing longer sets because it's more cathartic for me. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, I usually get off the stage, run and hide, and smoke a cigarette for five minutes, and then come back and talk to people. Nice. And, I usually want to go, like, go to sleep after, but I, you know, not allowed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you said cathartic. I was going to ask you, do you have a favorite in your, uh, in your songs? What is the most cathartic? Or maybe least? Um, I mean, I, I think it changes depending on the day, I'm, you know, and my mood. Um, and a lot of times it's my newer stuff is the most cathartic, you know, so, and it's I'm fresh. always, writing you know so um i would say probably mm, the name of a river always still takes a lot out of me still one of my favorites to play um Mm, well 
I understand that. Um, and now, um, as far as Milwaukee, I'm sorry. Are you do you are you going to be stationed in anywhere for a permanent amount of time, Florida or Milwaukee? Do you prefer one or the other? Um. Mm, you don't want to say. I'm staying in Milwaukee for for the next couple months. I really want to go to Spain. Like I'm just staying to sort of collect myself. That mm. last couple months of touring wasn't very well planned because I wasn't planning on doing it. It just kind of happened because my life fell apart. And I really loved it. Um, but I want to sort of regroup and um, gear up back to touring again. But I want to go international. So I made the decision to stay put for a second and hmm. and then gear up for that. And, um, well, like I was telling everybody, you, you can view, um, you have your own episodes up on YouTube. The first one, Shine on Shadow, was episode one. And it's you performing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's about as stripped down as it can get. And I think that's where most people can get to know you the best that want to hear you. What do you that think? That or the band. I mean, if they want to see just like me stripped down solo performance, like what that would be like. But also there's um, Mercy Hunt that's available on Bandcamp. Yes. They're streaming or buying. Um, so. And episode two was Famous Blue Raincoat with Leonard Cohen. And episode three, that's when you were back in Florida and you did Orphan Son, which is amazing. And back to that radio um, uh, interview you did, they, they asked you what it was about, and you're like, it's about three. You, first of all, you looked at them and said, do you really want to hear this? It's about three separate people. You know, I'm like, I got that. <laughs> I understood that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that, and you wrap it all up in like a three-minute song, which is amazing and extremely, that would be tiresome. Then, of course, we have, oh, my God, I don't know. Should we hit on the, uh, I think we should, uh, your fake kidnapping? <laughs> Oh, I have to take kidnapping. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was great. I loved it. What a great idea. Yeah, well, I mean, it's Sugar Ransom, so that's usually where everyone's mind goes to immediately, and um, it's a kidnapping or a ransom note. I mean, to me, ransom like is the price paid for a man's life, but it's fun to play on the, the kidnapping thing. <laughs> and that was, yeah, that, I thought it was kind of cool. That was definitely uh, your good a good promo piece. Which is also yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, I feel like I, uh, you know, often owe the audience a laugh since they write such bad fucking music, you know. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I come away with it like for me, uh, you know, people have always gotten to me for listening to heavy and dark music, and also, you know, I like, you know, I go to my sad music, you know, listen to old Elton John, even, you know, like when he was mm-hmm. good and, and Billy Joel, things like that. Because it makes you feel feel better. You're not alone, you know. Yeah. Well, that's why you know. Despite, like, and I have tons of people like, you should write just a couple more upbeat songs because you're large. And it's just like, no, I can't. Like, I have, I feel absolutely no need to try to reach <laughs> or relate to people who are happy. They're fine. Um, <laughs> and when I'm happy, I don't need to get rid of those feelings. I like to keep them. Good. So. Well, hey, did anybody win those ramen noodle wrappers? <laughs> yes. Really? You yeah. want to explain that just because I don't think I can. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I just made, I had already made the record and paid a bunch of deposits and, you know, had taken all this time off of work. So I was really broke and I was just eating ramen noodles and sitting at my computer, like sending messages to people asking them to donate to my, (laughs) you know, crowdfunding campaign. So I thought it would be funny just to, you know, send them the record inside of one of my ramen noodle wrappers because that's all I was eating for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, sometimes you resort to them again just for old time's sake. Uh, trust me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, you answered one of my questions, though, um, if you, pre- you prefer performing solo or with a uh, full band. I think the answer is both. 
you're enjoying the full band now, but you, you're always gonna. You think you're always gonna go off on your own and do your thing? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think I make sense both ways. I think, mm-hmm. um, and I, I enjoy both ways. And part of like performing solo gigs, like I can write a song and then play it that day. You know, I can finish it an hour before and just play it, perform it fresh. And my bandmates are really great, but I try not to do like horrible things to them. Like, <laughs> all right, well, here we go. Um, <laughs> Make them eat ramen noodles. Load, like, let's let's practice and then load out and then go and then you know set everything up and then play something that you've heard like once. Um, <laughs> they are really good. Like they pick, they always pick things up really quickly. I can bring them a song like the day before and and they're fine. So, um, and they do a great job, but. Um, yeah, I I like sort of also not be not having to write a set list and just doing whatever I want. So I like that. Right. Well, um, you want to mention well, Sugar Ransom and the Violent Mood Swings. Do you want to mention any of their names and what they do? Um, well, the Kavilar is the drummer. Um, he's great. He helps a lot with the arrangements once the the whole band is involved. Um, and we all kind of came together. I'd been in bands with a lot of them before, but I just sort of hired them to make the record, and now now some of them are still playing with me and having regular band practices since I'm back. And um, Jeff Brueggemann, um, the bassist, he and Covey live together and are like this um, maniac um, sort of like duo of like rhythm section that's like always tight and on point. They play in like 13 bands here, mm. um, and they're just... And they both have like normal adult jobs. Like I'm blown away and they have so much repertoire memorized and they're super sweet dudes and then uh griff dixon the lap steel player he's also the bodyguard of the band he's like six five um and a real sweetheart Um, to to you he's a sweetheart (laughs) yeah yeah that's what you need (laughs) yeah very cool very cool um anybody else involved you want to mention um, well, Paul Knievers was my co-producer, and he played a lot of the the other instrumentation on the record, um, and you know, mixed and mastered it. And he's he's really brilliant at that. And he goes by Evil Knievers. Yeah, I saw um, that. Yeah, I thought that was a great name. Yeah. It's, so, it's fun. Uh, personal question: Do some songs do they come to you in the form of a lyrical rhythm, or do you have the riff first? Like, do you, are you just spelling it out lyrically and kind of rapping with it, or do you just get that riff and you're like, these words fit this riff? Um, it it happens both ways. Okay, I can accept that. <laughs> um, <laughs> now you have this, this is interesting thing coming up, and I guess maybe you coined the phrase, but um, work human and work human behavior. Uh, it sounds like something I'd be into actually. An evening of doom country, suicide western, your words, and goth folk. <laughs> Where and yeah. what is this about? That's uh, that's this coming Tuesday at Bremen Cafe in Milwaukee. Um, Human Behavior is a band from Tucson. They're the goth folk band. And then um, Work is one of my favorite bands in Milwaukee. Covey and Jeff are also in that band. And my friend Joe Cannon is the writer for that. And that's the Doom Country band. All right, cool. Well, I Joe guess... a lot of murder ballads. Murder ballads. Another great term. I love that myself. Um, you, now you don't know this, but you turned me on to something, um, without trying when I was going on your page to look for videos, music or whatnot, or updates like I just found there. Um, I saw you were either totally upset by or intrigued by the movie short term 12. Oh yeah. Yeah. I watched it cause of you. <laughs> 
Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. How'd it go? I, ooh, I, I have um, a half hour left. I couldn't finish it because of work issues, but I'm going to get back into it. Uh, I worked in an, an environment like that uh, for a couple of years, and somebody real close to me worked there even longer. To see, boy, did they portray that exactly how it is. Yeah, it was, um, mm-hmm. was yeah. I was in a long-term, like, girls' home mm. myself. Um, it wasn't a foster center, but it was like a, you know, home for wayward girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like the very, like this girl who'd been there, um, like after me or with me, like maybe our times crossed over, um, like very briefly, it was like, yeah, watch that one. And the opening scene, I was like, oh, like just like the very open, I was like, oh no, this is going to be bad. Yeah. It was, this, I had yeah. a really good cry. I had like three good cries in that movie. It's rough, and it's to the point. It's a, it's on Netflix. I don't get paid by Netflix, but Short Term 12, if you want a realistic movie about um, kids in a youth home um, of all ages, uh, mm-hmm. and that's how they do it. I mean, it's little cottages, and it's broken up like that, and people with mixed issues are all mixed together to make it work yep. for them. And there's very, I want to say inexperienced people, but not really. There are people that work there that are um, that have been through exactly what those kids have been through and sometimes the kids yeah. don't know that and those are usually the best people to work there or sometimes the worst mm-hmm. i don't know you tell me uh, i've seen both yeah i've seen both yeah <laughs> exactly but yeah um you turned me on to that one that was a, it was a rough one but i'm always looking for things like that because i it, there's very few movies that'll hold your attention these days but that's what i think everybody needs to see at some point people yeah. take for granted that i've never been in that situation that boy do they take right. for granted everything well, and, you know, a lot of people assume, like, because there is this sort of, like, normal, like, I mean, and, and everyone has a different life, but there is this sort of, like, traditional setup or, like, a few deviations of, like, the way that some people grow up. And a lot, a lot of, I have a lot of people that just have very much trouble understanding me because my life has been, like, so far away from what they could ever understand. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot of us, you know. Oh like, yes. It's not like mm-hmm. there's, yeah. Yeah, you're 100% right. Yeah, they can. They no grasp whatsoever, and a lot of those people take a lot of things for granted. And yeah, you just said it. You said it yeah. yourself. Um, yeah. So I, I I thought it was odd that you had that movie on there. Like, wow, that's uh, yeah, that struck a nerve. That struck a nerve. Short term twelve. It sounds like a future song of yours. Ooh, that's a good idea. Oh, boy. Or you long-term 12, you know? Yeah, long-term uh, 12. <laughs> yeah, I like to inspire, intrigue, and horrify at the same time. <laughs> All right, so, um, listen, this has been real, and I hope to have you on again, and I appreciate you coming on. This is uh, Sugar Ransom on KWR. Now it's time for you to plug your stuff, what you got, what you got coming, where people can find it. Go for it. Um, all right. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me on. This is a pleasure. And um, you can find me on Facebook and on YouTube and on Bandcamp. And I haven't made a YouTube video in a while. I should probably – I'll do that. I'll do a, note, a new one soon. And I've got my show with work and human behavior on Tuesday at Bremen Cafe. And then I'm doing Dark Songs at in Sturgeon Bay at the end of October. And apart from that, stay tuned. Absolutely. Stay tuned and check her out on YouTube if you really want to get a feel for her. Um, it's all in her eyes when she's singing and when she closes her eyes when she's singing. It, it's, it's, uh, it'll hit you. That's all I'm going to say. Um, we should go out with a song that I want you to pick. Um, 
Uh, not one for wishing. Okay. Oh, God, i got to see if I actually had that written down. That was what I wanted to go out with. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Nice one. Even though, like, I asked you, like, a, like two weeks ago, I think, like, pick some songs. I had them all written out what I wanted. <laughs> all right. We, we hit it there. All right. Uh, Sugar Ransom, everybody, look her up. And thank you so much for being on Kettle Whistle Radio. And, thank you. Uh, all right. And good night to all. Thank you so much. It much, I think I see a star that might be falling. There's something in the way he shivers, tells me he's ready to be done.
Some Lucello, okay? Okay, let's that. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast. Electric Cast.